0: director drew goddard's newest film bad times at the el royale
1: harnesses the talents of some of hollywood's best and brightest the star power in this movie is almost overwhelming Mm -hmm. but we'll do our best to parse through it without spoiling anything for you i'm tuesday and she's kaylee pour yourself a cold one and sit back with us this is whiskey
0: and popcorn
1: Okay, so we're following seven people in this film. It's a lot. (laughs) And the movie tells each of their stories in segmented pieces. So first we have Father Daniel Flynn, who is a kind of priest played by Jeff Bridges. We have Laramie, a vacuum salesman slash FBI agent of sorts, played by John Hamm. Uh, Emily, a hippie who's played by Dakota Johnson. Darlene Sweet, a struggling singer, played by Cynthia Arrivo, And Billy Lee, who is a cult leader, played by Chris Hemsworth. Rose, who is Emily's sister, played by Kaylee Spaney. And lastly, Miles, the hotel concierge, who is played by Louis Pullman. Ooh, okay, I'm tired. Take it from here, Kaylee. <laughs> did, did we get them all? <laughs> we did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is really hard to explain the plot without spoiling what happens. So we're really going to do our best to just talk about how the film was put together, the casting, without really talking about the story itself, because we want you guys to go into this spoiler-free as possible. And besides, this film's got so many delicious twists and turns, we Want to ruin it for you, so we're gonna do our best, but we're gonna let the trailer kind of give you a taste of what this film is about.
1: First time at the El Royale, you have the option to stay in either California or Nevada. I always want to stay in Honeymoon Suite, even though I'm not currently on my honeymoon. <laughs> are you doing out here i got a job singing in to reno tomorrow don't pay nothing but uh singing singing <laughs> this is not a place for a priest father you shouldn't be here a little too quiet in here it gives me the willies
0: all right so You can kind of hear that there's a lot going on in this storyline. It's set in the 1960s at the El Royale Hotel, which sits literally on the divide between California and Nevada. And you can choose to stay on either the California or Nevada side. Just be aware that it's an extra dollar to stay in California. (laughs) Oh, taxes. Oh, taxes, indeed. The hotel really shows its age from what it used to be, which was a place where socialites and high-end political figures wined and dined, and they played to their secret indiscretions with drugs and prostitutes. Now it's a crumbling shell that is dilapidated and past its prime. All of our characters have some reason to actually be at the hotel, and it ranges from looking for some sort of long-lost treasure, if you will, to escaping a bad relationship to just being a cheap place to stay near reno and what this movie really does so well is managing that expansive cast which is chock full of major star power everyone is given their due and there is a lot of storytelling for each of them we get flashbacks for all the characters so we really get to understand where they're coming from but it's judiciously doled out in pieces. So the full urgency of the story unfolds and just a steady stream of clues that really just keeps you engaged
1: the whole time. I really enjoyed how we are introduced to each character. It didn't feel choppy, which I think could happen, but it was done skillfully. Oh, in this cast though. Mm
0: -hmm. It's hard to say who I loved best. I mean, Nick Offerman makes a brief and silent appearance in this movie. And yet his short role, it's so compelling. Right off the bat, I wanted to know more just about him, about every character. And I think that's just a testament to the director, Drew Goddard, and his storytelling and his directing, that you could have a moment where you're just watching the character, if you will, on stage, just going about and doing a bunch of actions and never says a word. If I really, though, had to narrow it down, the nucleus of this movie hinges on
1: Jeff Bridges' father Flynn and Cynthia Enrivo's Darlene Sweet. You know, I've always been a Jeff Bridges fan. He will forever be the dude. (laughs) And you can tell in this film he hasn't lost his touch. The movie really gave me a, a Quentin Tarantino vibe. And for me, that's never a bad thing. It absolutely is the definition of a film noir uh yeah if film noir set in the 1960s with a little bit of spice
0: i think added into it quentin tarantino is definitely a fair comparison i actually walked out of there uh, thinking that wow this reminds me of a wes anderson film oh, really okay <laughs> so it, it was a lot to do with the the camera angles there's some very specific like uh, it was almost like we, the audience were sitting in an actual theater and watching a play happen before us because it was like that very flat on, and Wes Anderson is loves those flat on type of camera angles instead of doing a lot of three quarters.
1: I feel that theater vibe totally,
0: and I think that throughout the film, I just kind of kept referencing back, and I'll come back to that whole theater experience in just a moment, but you know, the also the attention to detail with. The color schemes with the set design, uh, all of that felt very Wes Anderson. What it didn't have was Wes Anderson's like eccentric need to pay attention to every excruciating detail. There was a chance for the scenes to breathe. They didn't quite feel stiff, they did feel very uh, fluid and, and natural. And I think that's where that
1: Quentin Tarantino side can also come in. Mm-hmm. For me, it had everything I've been looking for this year. Original storyline, very suspenseful, twists and turns. I never knew where the plot was going next. And it pays major homage to the 60s. We've got smoking cigarettes and jukeboxes and Cadillacs and it wonderful true-to-form costuming.
0: It was beautiful to look at. And like I said, delightfully theatrical. In some ways, the story itself was reminding me of Dante's Inferno because as the story progresses, the hell around all the characters just gets worse and worse. It's like we're descending into this pit of misery and despair and just awfulness as we go along. And we really get a chance to get in the characters' minds And we get to see what they perceive as mysteries and crimes reveal themselves. And I feel like, in a way, it's very much like a book. Because in a book, you can literally hear the character's thoughts. Here, I feel like Goddard did an excellent job of getting into the character's heads without them going through and having a bunch of I statements,
1: you know? No, I feel that book vibe because it had enough detail, which you really only get in a book. And that's kind of the problem when you do, when you read the book and then see the movie. It's like, no, you were missing so much stuff. But with this, I mean, I don't think they could have put anything else in it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, very detail oriented. And you kind of start really feeling for the characters and understanding why they are in this random hotel uh, around Lake Tahoe. Uh, And it was. Beautifully mastered.
0: Yeah, I think the the key with ensemble films is how does each character's story interweave with everyone else's into the greater scheme of things? And those can end up really unwieldy or lopsided. You know, you can spend more time with some characters than others. I really felt that this was balanced between each of the storylines and how they met and came together to form the complete picture because... As the story progresses, we, the audience, like the characters, are slowly realizing
1: what the heck is going on. I believe the slogan for this movie was something along the lines of, what do you really know about the people you meet? And, I mean, that that really is this film. Um, they all go in with preconceived ideas of who each person is, to the point where even the vacuum salesman is being quite racist to the uh, lounge singer, if you will, and it, just these preconceived notions, and and even their blatant lies to each other. Mm-hmm. And when you start really realizing why they're there, you're like, oh no, that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And
0: again, with the theatricalness of it, you know, there there was that sort of again, the visuals made it feel like you were kind of sitting in a theater watching a play unfold in some ways. But I also feel like the story itself was also very theatrical in a playwright sense. Like it, I feel like this is something that would translate to an actual stage actually quite well. Oh, yes. I'd have to say if I have any sort of critique of this film, and I, I really had to search for it to come up with anything at all because I really just felt like this is a, a very well put together in every way movie. You know, th- there is a lot of violence in this movie. So if that is not your thing, that might be a turnoff in some ways. But I feel like in the grand scheme of things, and all the violence that we see in all, all our movies, from superheroes to beyond, <laughs> you know, it- it's not horrendous. It- it's not gruesome like the sisters' brothers that we
1: spoke about last time. But yeah, it- there are some parts that are just kind of me go, Ugh. And it's very Tarantino violent, so it it's not as much that it's gory or bloody. It's more the fact of, well, I didn't see that coming, <laughs> where all of a sudden a gun pops out. <laughs> you know. So it's more of a surprising violent than gory. So if you don't mind that, you'll be fine. And that is it for this review. I would say this is a resounding another Go See It from oh. us. Hands down. If you haven't seen much lately, this is an absolute. I'll give you a few bucks towards your ticket. Like you, <laughs> you like you really want to see this film. <laughs> well, that being said,
0: uh, thank you so much for listening. And if this is your first time joining us, clearly you're not listening enough. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher,
1: and SoundCloud, and never miss an episode. And of course. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram for all things movies, news, updates, funny clips. And if you are a local fan to Arizona, there are several film festivals coming up if you're interested. We have the Peoria Film Festival October 19th through the 21st at Harkins Arrowhead 18 as well as Scottsdale International Film Festival, which is November 2nd through the 11th at Harkins Shea 14. So make sure you guys don't miss that.
0: The lineups in both those festivals look fantastic. So we hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. Until next time, see you at the movies.